Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish, sponsored by HX. Today, we've got a great show. We're going to be talking about ways to help unemployed folks or people looking to make career transitions, how to find new paths and upskill and how to sort of improve their employment situation. I love this topic. We've covered it a little bit before as well. And uh, so, Trish, our guest is from Amazon today. So I have an Amazon-themed question of the day. I just was reading over the weekend on your Alexa device, right, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of, you can get a celebrity voice, right? You can have Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, you can have Samuel L. Jackson, you can have Melissa McCarthy. So my question for you, Trish, on your Alexa device, you could pick any celebrity voice. Who are you picking? That's a great question, Steve. And I have the answer like easy Morgan Freeman. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know if Morgan Freeman's available. If he's not, Amazon needs to get Morgan Freeman. Like I could listen to him read the phone book probably and be completely enthralled. His voice is amazing. Who would you choose? Who would you pick? I'm the tight one. I think I'm picking Seinfeld. I don't know why. I was a huge fan of the Seinfeld sitcom, right? I'm I'm in that right demo for that, you know. uh, I don't know. I think, and I'd like for him to make fun of me sometimes too. Like as he was talking back to me, that would be pretty cool too. So I don't know. I think it's fun. I haven't haven't done it yet. I haven't activated one of these celebrity voices, but I think I'm going to try it and and check it out. I will too. I love Amazon. I tell you, I I spend all of my money on Amazon now (laughs) and I use it for absolutely every part of my life. Like I think my my, uh, you know, Alexa devices around my home are, they're like my best friends because my kids really are, are gone a lot. And so I'm just kind of <laughs> with my device. Okay. Fair enough. No, um, because keep company. <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. Uh, Trish, uh, our guest today is Kevin Kelly. He's the director of cloud training programs at Amazon web services. Kevin is responsible for the development of the AWS Academy and AWS restart which helped to prepare diverse learners to pursue in-demand cloud roles, working with higher education institutions, nonprofits, and government organizations. Kevin is an Air Force veteran living in Colorado and likes to uh, spend his time outside huh? hiking and fishing. Colorado is a good place for that. Kevin, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on. And uh, by the way, uh, James Earl Jones is who I'd want. Oh, that's a good that's one too. Good yeah. one. See, I hope I hope that the, the, the powers that be, Kevin at Amazon, listen to this. I'm sure they get a lot of suggestions for these voices. Uh, it could be literally thousands of them, right? There's so many you could get. It'd be great. So awesome. Well, thanks for weighing in on that, Kevin. Uh, yeah, we want to talk about sort of upskilling, training, and sort of some of the some of the research around that that Amazon has done, uh, and some of it in partnership with Accenture about just ways to approach uh, upskilling, reskilling, and helping people kind of transition in, into um, better, higher paying roles, more stable roles. Maybe before we get into that, Kevin, I did read your bio briefly, but it, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about kind of what you guys are doing at AWS, you know, to try to sort of help people make those transitions into, into more in-demand roles and, and higher paying roles and more stable roles? You bet. Um, so uh, I do lead a set of, of uh, cloud career training and education programs at AWS Training and Certification. And uh, what that means is I help build, scale, uh, and create and lead some education programs to reach learners uh, around the globe and in all walks of life. Uh, and that includes learners who have some tech experience, but also includes learners with no tech experience uh, and, and includes underrepresented, 
underserved uh, and communities that may not think that an IT career is, is something they should be pursuing. Uh, the programs we have are really designed for learners uh, to pursue in-demand entry-level cloud roles, uh, as well as mid-career and more senior tenured people in, in the industry upskill into existing roles and emerging roles. So we really try to help people leverage skills training to positively impact what they're doing. And that means a, a set of programs along a continuum where we're focusing on K through 12 schools, uh, higher education institutions, two-year, four-year colleges and universities. Uh, we work with educational technology companies or ed techs uh, and, and help these learning uh, companies and institutions use AWS design courses and curriculums to provide uh, skills training on, on the cloud to help create cloud builders. And we do that with hands-on labs as well. So we really have four programs uh, that we focus on. One is called Get IT. Uh, and this is a program that, that encourages young women to consider careers in tech. And we challenge some of the gender stereotypes within the industry. Uh, and, and bring in role models, SMEs and mentors uh, so that these young women can see themselves in these roles. Uh, and this program is active in the United Kingdom, Ireland and Germany. They get into small groups and design an application that offers a real tangible social change solution to a problem in the local community or area. Uh, and it really has them focus on not just IT skills, but uh, working collaboratively in small groups and, and arriving at a decision. Uh, and that includes individual members practicing influencing within the small groups to get their points across. Okay. Moving up, we have an academy program that's focused on higher ed, where we provide curriculum and labs uh, and course material to educators in those environments uh, so that they can deliver that curriculum to their students. And it also leads the students to uh, certifications with the goal of having them graduate not only with a degree, but also an industry validated credential or certification to help jumpstart that uh, initially looking for career opportunities. A third program is uh, called AWS Restart. It's a 12-week program that's focused on uh, individuals of all backgrounds, uh, often uh, that are unemployed, underemployed, returning workers, uh, veterans coming out of the military. Uh, it's a 12-week program that provides an introduction to cloud, Linux, Python, uh, and professional skills uh, leading to employment. So the purpose of this program is not just the training, but it's also uh, uh, helping these learners gain employment at the end of it. Uh, and then finally, we have a program called AWS Tech U. This is just a program uh, for accelerating the career development of new employees starting in technical roles at AWS itself. Okay. Uh, I like to call it our cloud finishing school. <laughs> You know, I love that. And thank you for giving us a, a rundown of sort of all of the different types of programs. I know Steve probably has tons of questions about them as well. One I wanted to ask is maybe more of a generic question. Um, and this could be maybe for someone who is still in college, um, kind of like you were talking about with some of the, maybe the first two programs, or even someone who falls into the, the third program, someone who's either unemployed or underemployed. One of the questions I get the most from people is, it's very difficult for them to picture themselves 
in a role that they just can't understand how their skills apply. So I guess my, my question for you is, how do you respond when, when you're talking with someone, whether they're a younger person or whether it is someone who's maybe been in the workforce for a long time and they just don't see that their skills might even be applicable to these roles in cloud computing? Um, how do you all handle those kinds of, I don't want to say pushback, but just questions of people that just don't really get it? Yeah, I, I really challenge them uh, to set aside any preconceived notions they have about what a cloud builder, software developer, software engineer looks like. Uh, and I, I try to help them understand there's a continuum of roles. And there certainly are the people uh, that do a lot of coding at the keyboard and monitors uh, and, and actually build the systems. But there are lots of roles around uh, the actual development of the software. And I would encourage them to think about uh, skill sets that they bring around collaboration, uh, influencing. Uh, I challenge them to think about their background and not discount the whole experience that they bring to the table. So I, I see a lot of resumes, especially for entry level workers, and they tend not to put things around volunteer service. Uh, the fact that they play a musical instrument, like I'm convinced that playing a musical instrument and coding and understanding uh, digital systems are related. Uh, and oftentimes they won't put those kind of things on their resume. And I would really encourage them to think about um, the whole picture of what they've done in terms of life experience and bring that to the table. Because I think employers, there's look, there's a cloud IT skills gap, right? So there aren't enough coders, developers, cloud builders out there anyway. And so we're all looking at talent from cloud adjacent fields uh, and people with unique skill sets that, that can be applied in a digital environment. Uh, and I, you know, be enthusiastic, be curious, uh, and don't discount uh, the things you bring to the table. And just think about um, where your skill set could be applied, what you're good at, what you're enthusiastic about. Uh, and bring that niche into the into the discussion around employment, because uh, I, I just I think a lot of people dismiss based on their preconception about what that career field looks like, uh, and the fact that they may not see a lot of people that look like them in the field, uh, and they should set that aside and and just apply and go for it. You know what? Thank you for saying that, especially the part about maybe having you know music ability, because I hadn't really considered that. Um, I've definitely talked with a few of them about volunteer things they've done. Maybe they've done, you know, something with their church or a local community organization. But I love the idea about, you know, if, it takes a lot of dedication and perseverance when you play a musical instrument, for example. So any kind of skill like that, because sometimes what they're saying is that if they don't meet the exact job description that they see somewhere, they, they won't apply. And so I'm hoping that having this discussion will be just another, another encouragement for people. You don't have to meet every single criteria. Maybe you have something that's a skill that the person who wrote that job description wasn't even thinking about, but it would be very valuable to that employer. So I appreciate that. That's a great, great idea. I know a lot of people will be glad to hear that. Kevin, you mentioned cloud quite a bit, right, in the conversation. And of course, right, we all know that's where every company's going, like every new piece of software being built, right, et cetera, et cetera. And we, you know, we, we cover the HR space and the HR tech space quite a bit 
Kevin. So all the, all the HR solutions are all, you know, cloud and, and there's, even though there's still some laggard customers out there who haven't made the transition yet, I'm not sure what they're waiting for, to be honest with you, but um, are there other more general skills or uh, skill families, if that's the right way to say it, Kevin, that, that are really in demand right now. And we're saying these, these are the areas where there's opportunity. There's probably also a gap in, you know, the availability of people with the right skills. Is, is there some maybe more uh, kind of general thing, general statements that, or, or discoveries you guys have made around w- where there's opportunity and maybe uh, four folks can be looking uh, for, for, to improve their uh, employment opportunities? Yeah, I would say that um, having a base set of digital skills is important. Uh, and, and I believe uh, working with secondary and higher ed, uh, education systems, they're getting it, right? It, it's not just reading, writing, and arithmetic. It, it's and digital skills uh, and it, in any role that you're in. But I would encourage people to think about skill sets that they they may bring to the table and the applicability of uh, digital and automation in association with them. So for example, uh, people uh, working in movie production, right? Increasingly, there's back-end rendering that's occurring in the production of those movies. Uh, So they're all kind of adjacent roles that I think there's, they're developing skills that could be applicable in a digital environment as more and more of these roles are becoming digitized. You know, there's an example um, uh, of a medical school in the Southeast that actually teaches some of our cloud curriculum to its medical students. Mm. Doesn't sound very intuitive, but they're discovering that uh, a lot of medical field personnel need an understanding of digital skills. Uh, And so applying the medical skills that they know and the training that they're getting Uh, with digital skills is helpful. Going the other direction, I think working in small teams, collaborating uh, is super important because a lot of the work that gets done around building, deploying, migrating to digital systems, HR and other, uh, are around decision-making and professional skills that that, uh, may not seem obvious around, um, again, preconceived notions about what a cloud builder or developer might do. So a lot of those skills are important. Great, Kevin, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. You, the medical example is a really good one, right? And we could probably come up with a, a dozen more if we tried, right? Things like, I don't know, auto maintenance. And in fact, you know, I've, I read something that uh, if you buy a new tractor, if you're an agricultural, you, know, you've, you've, you own a farm, your tractor you buy from John Deere today, it's going to be so high tech that you kind of really need some good digital understanding in order to be able to run it effectively even. So I think it's, uh, those are great examples. You know, I agree. And I think too, that if, if you think about one of the biggest barriers, maybe to people thinking about how their skills might apply differently is just, they don't know one in the, they don't know someone in these roles already, or they don't know where to even begin or seek these out. So I love that, you know, AWS is, is really kind of seeking out these people, trying to help them understand, or, or you mentioned, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you mentioned underrepresented groups of people, right? And whether that be, um, you know, maybe maybe in a different country or here in our country, could you maybe talk a little bit about some of the efforts that you're putting forward on helping underrepresented uh, communities just have a better 
access and insight into what some of these roles might be that they could actually be quite good at. How are you approaching that? I know that's a pretty big, pretty big uh, thing to tackle. Sure. And uh, in, in some of the work we've done with Accenture, you know, there are some really compelling numbers around, you know, one in three American workers have the potential for higher income occupations by picking up a few digital skills. Uh, and that technical skills are twice as likely to be associated with, you know, uh, higher income occupations. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of motivation to take a look at different kinds of workers, uh, especially underrepresented and underemployed in place workers. And that includes upskilling existing workers that may be in the IT field uh, and, and helping them develop skill sets around machine learning, uh, quantum computing, uh, data lakes, uh, and helping them expand uh, from the positions that they're currently in. Um, one of the initiatives that we're running is AWS has committed to train 29 million workers for free between now and 2025. Uh, and we made that announcement last year at our reInvent conference. And we're making a big effort there to provide free digital training online to anyone uh, who wants to come and find our training. Also, all the programs that I mentioned earlier, they're all free. So we're not, we're not charging for, for any of those. And so we really wanna make uh, access to these programs as frictionless as possible so that any learner that's interested in either reskilling or upskilling themselves uh, has access to that material. The Get IT program that I mentioned earlier is specifically focusing on young women in an attempt to address uh, uh, a gap uh, around women that are entering STEM curriculum at, at the higher ed and entering uh, the cloud and the IT ecosystem for employment. Uh, our restart program does focus on returning workers. So whether they've been uh, providing elder care or perhaps uh, looking after younger children and returning to the workforce, but uh, military veterans that are transitioning out of the military and into the civilian workforce, oftentimes they underestimate the amount of computer operations skills they have that they picked up uh, in military service and the ability to apply that uh, to uh, in-demand IT roles. So we have quite a few programs. Um, you know, we provide scholarships to historically black colleges and universities uh, in the United States. We have similar initiatives in different countries around the world where we're providing assistance directly to computer science majors at university, hoping that they'll stay in that STEM track and join uh, our ecosystem and workforce after they graduate. So we have quite a few programs and we address uh, getting more underrepresented uh, audiences to the table so that they can pursue an IT career. Yeah, that's awesome, Kevin. Uh, I, you mentioned the Accenture uh, work a moment ago. I want to come back to that in a second. I want to take a quick break, Trish. We must thank our friends at Paychex. This episode of the HR Happy Hour is brought to you by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. If you're looking for ways to help your business thrive in 2021 and beyond, check out the great sessions from the first ever Paychex Business Conference. I watched a couple of these when this when it was live, but it, you can get, get it all on demand, Trish. Uh, it's designed to give business leaders insights, resources, solutions, and actionable takeaways to help them build a better workplace, a better team, and a better business. 
The two-day virtual event was full of great speakers like Cy Wakeman, who we know for a long time, and uh, Damon, Damon John from Shark Tank, who was pretty good. I watched him when he, he was good. Uh, so you don't want to miss out on this. It's all free. Visit paychecks.com slash thrive to see them all. And thanks to our friends at Paychecks. Kevin, uh, you mentioned the Accenture report. I read through it uh, before we, uh, we uh, got on the, on the show here today. It's called, the report's called Upskilling for a Post-Pandemic Economy. And uh, it's a really interesting report. It's not super long. It's like maybe 15, 18 pages. It's, it's pretty, pretty good read and uh, got, got some really good uh, authors on it from Accenture as well. But uh, one of the things in that report, Kevin, uh, I, I thought was really interesting. There's a lot of things that was interesting, but there was one in there. There's a line. I'm not going to be able to find it exactly right now, but it's discussing skills and skills categories and trying to figure out pathways, logical pathways for people to acquire new skills and then transition into better, better jobs. And one of the things it said was... Uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but social skills, if you will, will only take you so far, right? Like, I guess the research found like, and this is a little bit um, different than sometimes we hear, like, you'll see, like, a, I don't want to pick on LinkedIn, but sometimes LinkedIn will come out and say, oh, what are the most in-demand skills this year? And then and it always comes out like, you know, communication or interpersonal, you know, social skills or things like that. And those are important. I'm not saying they're not. But this report kind of suggests like, yeah, those are important, but there's a lot of other things, especially technical skills that we think are probably more important to help folks transition into better jobs. I, I don't know, Kevin, if you sort of agree with that or not, but maybe I'd love for your thoughts on just that, the social versus the real technical skills and that trying to find that right balance. In the end, I, I think it's a mix uh, between the two. Uh, I, I think the technical skills and credentials are important. And whether it's a four-year degree or four-year degree plus um, certifications or badges or a portfolio of work, I think having a way to demonstrate that you have the tech chops for the particular role that you're interested in is important. Or, or having the entry-level skills that can be leveraged uh, through an upskilling and an, and an employment training program to get you to where they need you is important. But I will say that I think uh, a lot of uh, digital skills work is small conference rooms with a whiteboard mm -hmm. and people collaborating with each other uh, and having to communicate. Uh, so I think really it's, it's a mix of both. I, 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 you certainly have to have the communication skills and the ability to influence uh, and collaboratively reach decisions. Um, but I also think you have to have the technical skills and, and they're not mutually exclusive. And I, I think there are ways to, to develop both. Uh, and that's why I think highlighting some of the whole life experience that you have to demonstrate that, that you can collaborate uh, and participate in those small group settings is important. Uh, but I think underestimating the, the digital skills required for these roles and ways that you can represent that you have mastered those skills is very important. And that's where I think certificates, certifications, training that leads to digital badges, that becomes very important. Credentials, micro-credentials, um, in combination or even uh, in lieu of a formal four-year degree. Yeah, I love all of those examples. And, you know, one of the things as you were talking, Kevin, I was thinking too, this is a time where across the globe, obviously a lot of 
both male and female parents have been maybe staying at home, uh, taking care of kids, you know, education while they were also maybe trying to work a job. I think those are the kinds of skills you also can highlight. I think communication can sometimes be so vague when you say that that's the skill you need, but I liked how you put the caveat of especially around collaboration. And if you're someone who thinks, well, I don't necessarily have proof that I've been collaborative or a great leader or whatever, think about those things that you do in your household, right? This last 18 months, we've all been, you know, managing our, our own selves as well as potentially children, potentially elderly parents or whoever, you know, we're trying to juggle things. And I think those are skills too, that are very applicable in the business world right? In a job sense. And so maybe spend some amount of time. I love when you called it your, your whole self skills, right? Um, think of those as well, because again, I think that those are probably ones we might not be having top of mind as we're thinking about how we might be a good worker for a certain role. You know, talk about how you helped your children create an internal collaborative team, right? <laughs> While you were trying to get them to to do different things or whatnot. So yeah, I love I love just your your take on sort of thinking outside the box of how we normally communicate. Um, one thing I have a question on too is you mentioned you mentioned it when we were talking about the the Get It program, you know, with the with the young women and um, you know the UK and Germany and and so forth. But um, you talked a little bit about influence. Can you maybe just tell the listeners? Um, how would they go about maybe articulating influence they have um, in terms of getting a role, right? So maybe they've, they've gone through a program or two that you all offer for free. They now have some new skills. How would you maybe as an interviewer like to hear about someone's ability to also influence people and how would that help in your decision-making and hiring? With the Get IT program uh, and even with our Tech U program, we're really trying to help uh, early career talent uh, kind of get past imposter syndrome, <laughs> right? So they, so they have a small set of skills that, they, that they've accomplished, and they may even have a credential that represents that accomplishment. Uh, but they then get in a room full of uh, tenured career professionals, and they think, well, what, what am I bringing to the table? Uh, and we really encourage them uh, to, to bring up the skills they have because they're probably in the room because they may be the only person that has that new skill set. Uh, and that, that this group of tenured people around the table don't have that skill set. And if you don't speak up and provide your perspective, your opinion, and your view on the skill set and expertise, it never gets on the table. So we spend a lot of time uh, in those programs and get IT in particular, making sure that they're collaboratively coming up with a solution uh, and that each individual is empowered to provide their perspective. And it's often the case that the least tenured individual in the room has the right answer because they actually have the most current training. Mm -hmm. And yet, if they don't speak up, that perspective never gets out. The team makes a suboptimal decision and potentially invest resources in building something that ultimately, you know, isn't what customers wanted. Uh, and so it's really important that, uh, especially with early career talent, that they, they have a bit of swagger around mm -hmm. the skill set that they have and, and credentials that they've earned around those recent skills and be empowered to, to influence in a meeting and bring up their perspective uh, as opposed to being too deferential 
again, it's a balance like many things, um, but that's an important part of uh, our academy program, our restart program and our tech U program, and even the get IT program, uh, uh, you know, looking at uh, middle school experiences for young women so that they begin developing those skills, but more than anything, have confidence in knowing what they know and then bring that to the meeting, bring that to the decision-making uh, collaboration that's occurring in that small conference room at the whiteboard and be empowered to do that. Uh, because again, the person with the most recent training and skills is most likely the person that has the right answer. Yeah, Kevin, I love that. That is a really cool way to kind of wrap that up uh, in a way to help people to think a little bit more expansively about, you know, contributions, right, uh, in, in a team setting, but also just to encourage folks who are going through these programs. And it's, by the way, I didn't know about the 20, the commitment to train 29 million people before the show. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so congrats on that. And, and the folks there are making all that possible. That's a really uh, a strong kind of commitment to the, the overall community, which is, which is pretty great. But um, yeah, I, I'm encouraged by uh, com big companies uh, like Amazon and, and others who are, are making a commitment to try to raise the skill level overall across large uh, uh, cohorts because uh, it benefits all of us in the end, right? A, a better educated workforce, a more highly skilled workforce helps people uh, get better, uh, better jobs, uh, better career opportunities, more stability. The Accenture report is really good. And again, I'll link to it in the show notes. The Accenture report does talk about like evaluating, you know, hey, is this job going to be around in five years? Is it growing? Is it stable? Right. That's really important to think about as, as an individual person as well. And as someone in HR who's trying to figure out what kind of talent we need to bring into the organization and what skills they need to have. So we'll, we'll link to that again in the show notes. And uh, Kevin, um, thank you for taking some time with us today to, to talk about some of the work you guys are doing at Amazon and, and, and to offer your perspective on uh, how to help people transition uh, to better jobs and, and, and more st stable jobs, better jobs and better careers in the future. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, Kevin Kelly from AWS, and uh, we'll put the links to the in the show notes to the things we talked about today. Uh, Trish, great stuff. Uh, we must also thank our friends at Paycheck. We'll Paychecks one more time. Check out the Thrive content that I talked about earlier. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. So, all right, good stuff. Uh, I want to say, please uh, check out all the uh, HR Happy Hour shows, all our, all our media properties, Trish, at hrhappyhour.net and uh, subscribe to the show, tell a friend, rate and review, all that. So for our guest, Kevin Kelly, for Trish McFarlane, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. And we will see you next time. And bye for now.